0: How you doing Good. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm so excited to see you. I haven't seen you after your travels.
0: I know. I miss you.
1: Yeah, it's been forever. Um I feel like so much has changed. We have to have like a 3-hour conversation after we do this recording cuz we we need to spare the Rosie's time.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. I feel like so much is changing very quickly. And we'll continue to change. I'm kind of just going along with the ride for now.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Everything's shifting. Why do you think that is? It's time. It's
0: like the only response that I have. It's been a long time of just going inward, I think, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think that from a timeline perspective, old timelines are dropping off. So now it's time for big changes in a lot of people's lives, at least the people that are on this initiation like the word that comes to me Mm -hmm. now, like just kind of initiating into a newer timeline and new roles and responsibilities and new friendships, like everything is, is changing. So that's actually a lot
1: of what we talked about. I went to um, go to this like monthly spiritual women's meetup. And so last night we talked about that for about 10, 15 minutes about how it's time to wake up. Like a lot of people are being initiated, but there's still a lot of people that are not and are kind of like going away from it. But the people who are being initiated, we just kind of need to keep going and bound together and find people that are the same vibration as us.
0: Yeah. I think we're aligning to like soul friends, soul family and stuff like that. Meeting new people, I think is going to be really important. Um, and kind of bringing more sacred community. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're right. I mean, not everybody is going to be initiated in this lifetime or in this timeline. Like there's so many things that are happening and it's almost like a divide at this point, not a divide. That's the wrong word. I don't want to divide anybody because we're all one, but just meaning like people that are kind of going in one direction versus the other, um, to your point. And I think that the people who are going in one direction, you know, have kind of a certain role and um, you know, mm-hmm. will align to others that are in that space. Yeah. I think you're yeah. right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell me about your trip. Oh, it's awesome. It really was like so awesome. Uh, I want to live in the mountains. I realize that like every time I go and Slash every time I breathe, I'm like, oh, I want to be in the mountains now (laughs) again. Like, I I go through periods where like I'm fine being at home for a little while, and then all of a sudden I just want to be in the mountains again. Mm -hmm. So I really do feel called to like own property in the mountains. So I'm looking. Let me know if I find anything, but it's very expensive, and um, we'll see. I might contact like a builder or something and just do my own thing. You know Mm -hmm. that way build it to my affordability. And it might take like two or three years, but who gives crap? <laughs> like, and then honestly, we can have get rose retreats. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't feel called to necessarily move to like Montana or anything. That's not where I feel guided to be. I do want to check out Colorado. I do want to like look in New Hampshire so I feel, I do want to do the one, I don't do readings anymore and I haven't in a while, but I would like to do like, um, we had someone on our podcast, Amanda, um, she does like the, tr- um, transit astrology. So it's all just on like where you would be good living. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Cause I don't really need like readings or like wisdom about myself. Cause I should know all that on my own but what's really cool is like you know where would my soul be happiest in terms of location I think that would be kind of cool to see like because I wonder if it is in the mountains because yeah it is but I don't know where like it could be New England could be not so right yeah but yeah, so that's it was awesome and like like it's so cute <laughs> oh <awesome.
1: laughs> good and, uh, I'm glad you get to spend time with someone that you love yeah he's really
0: a good A good doobie. Amazing. So, yeah, it was like a really fun time. And my dad met his parents, and that went really, really awesome. So, we'll see. Good. One day at a time. You know? Good girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. Awesome. Yeah.
1: I don't know if I've talked to you since this happened, but I finished my three month sacred feminine embodiment class.
0: Yeah, you called me when I was uh, in Bozeman and you told me you were done, like you just fin- finished. So tell me.
1: Oh, I want to tell you all about it. And I'm really excited because I grabbed the teacher of the class and made her come back on.
0: <laughs> yes, Nikki.
1: <laughs> so Nikki <laughs> Ananda here. She was on our podcast before, but we're so excited that she's back because At first, when we started recording with her, she was telling us about this class that she was going to do for the first time, and I Mm -hmm. was like, I need to do this, and I did, and it was one of the best decisions of my life, so hi, Nikki.
2: Oh, Danielle, thank you so much, and Daniela, this is, like, such a joy to be back here. It's been a journey. It's now you both are sisters. We were strangers the first time we met, and now we're sisters. It's amazing. Yeah. Hi,
0: Nikki. Thank you so much for coming on. We're so excited to chat about it, and I, Rosie's, didn't do... The three month class, but I did um, a three month one on one with Nikki. So we both have a little bit different of an experience. But Danielle, I would love, you know, I don't know how you want to kick it off. If you want to tell us a little bit about the program,
1: maybe. Yeah, I would love to. So Nikki held a container for 12 women for three months. And we met every Wednesday night on Zoom, which I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to meet on Zoom. It's funner in person, but I was actually really happy that it was on Zoom. So we met every Wednesday. The first part of the class was check-ins. So each woman would go around and talk about where they were in their cycle, how they're doing, how their feminine embodiment practices were going. And then the second part was dedicated to learning something new. So Nikki would present slides and talk to them. And at the end, we would do some actual practices to go along with the learnings. And there are three modules. So the first one is womb attunement and then Sexual Reclamation, and then the last one is Foundations of Sacred Sexuality. And the goal of going through the class is to really receive an activation from the universe on the path of the sacred feminine.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So, so Nikki, do you want to respond to any of that? Do you want to add anything? Mm
2: um, I mean, you just summed up the class perfectly, but I'm so, I'm so curious to hear your testimonial. And I know that's why you brought me on as you wrote this testimonial. And I'm, I haven't really heard your experience of journeying through, but I can say that, um, for me as well, there was a hesitation. This was my first time doing a zoom program, like meeting online with a group of women for a duration. And there was just the, is that potency going to be the same as in person? And I was, um, more than blown away and ecstatic that it was met, exceeded my expectations. And I mean, it felt like we were in person and we had the comfort of doing these practices in our own space and being with our own bodies and building that intimacy because um, the practices are intimate. Like we had intimate practices that we may not have been, not everyone may have been comfortable doing in the same room with each other. Um, at this point. So having that personal space as, and also feeling so deeply heart connected and womb connected with all the sisters in this class was um, a very, very pleasant surprise. <laughs> not that I didn't think we'd be connected. I knew we'd be connected, but it did not zoom did not play
1: a factor into any disconnect or any distance at all. I completely agree with that. And I don't think that I would have got as deep as I did with my own body if I wasn't with myself, if that makes sense. Yep. So Nikki, I am eternally grateful for you and for this class. My perspective has completely shifted on being a woman. And Mm -hmm. I say that with a very heavy heart. It means so much to me. There were a lot of things about myself and about being a woman that I either judged or I hated. For example, resting um, actually taking some time to rest. I always thought that the daily grind was going to get me to success, but there's so much value in the rest that we need to take in the feminine body. And that's where we receive a lot of the magic and letting our bodies actually do the work for us. So I, I didn't know that was a thing. So huge, huge shift in my judgment and hatred. And I was able to learn That portion of the cycle. Another thing that I always judged and hated about myself was my blood, my period. Once a month, we we bleed as women or people with uteruses. Um, Always thought that was the worst. I remember from day one of getting it in seventh grade, that was the worst day of my life. My mom was like crying of tears of happiness. And I was so mad. I've always had a very, I guess, Now I can't, it's hard to say painful because I don't judge the pain anymore. But it used to be really painful and it used to be a a very heavy flow. So I would not be able to contain it well. And I would just be miserable trying to hide like my tampons and stuff in school to make sure nobody saw it and nobody knew I was on my period. Always go to sports games no matter what. But I've learned that the blood is sacred and it's beautiful. Mm Hmm. So I I listed out 11 things. I didn't pick the number. It just happened to be 11 things (laughs) that I took away from the class. So I'd love to share them with you. Yeah.
2: I love that. Can I just, I just want to circle in on this rest thing because I want to jump on this for the Rosies because I think it's such a critical point.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Especially, you know, our society's program is workhorse mentality. And it doesn't matter the gender of the person I'm working with. This always seems to be one of the key points is installing the program that rest is sacred and not just sacred, but completely necessary. If we do not stop to rest, we do not allow our body to catch up, restore, go back to homeostasis. And we actually will burn out, we'll run off adrenaline and it's harmful to keep going. So rest isn't a luxury, it's actually a biological necessity that needs to be prioritized. And in the menstrual cycle, as we do the cycle work, and this might be one of your 11 points, But you know, looking at rest as this critical stage, especially for people with uteruses or women, that we do take that sacred pause every month to just be still. And that's how we get the energy to keep on going. And so if there's one thing that your rosies get out of listening to this, it's it's rest. Please rest, please, please rest without shame with empowerment. Yeah.
0: Rest
1: Mm -hmm. with empowerment. Yes. I love that. (laughs) Such a great way to put it. Um, Okay. So things that I loved and took away from the class. So number one, for the first time ever, I truly experienced unconditional love for myself. It feels amazing. (laughs) I think that I always thought that I was getting to a place of unconditional love, but there was always a little bit of hope that I would change Mm. in what I thought would be the better way. Mm. So I was able to take a step back and tell myself that who I am and what I am, what I am made of is all as it should be. Mm -hmm. The second one, the class lifted control over my body. I never knew control was such a big issue for me, but it allowed me to recognize where my body was being controlled by external forces, and I did not like it. Mm. Yeah, that goes so yeah. hand in hand with the rest. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Three, my self worth changed for the better. I'm really honoring who I am now and how I show up in this world. Four, I'm actually enjoying time with myself. <laughs> a lot of a lot of our practices were. Like, here, spend an hour and a half with yourself dancing (laughs) (laughs) or something like that. There's way more to to go with that. But I was always so intimidated by the practices at first. And then I ended up fully enjoying them and just throwing myself into it and telling myself, I'm just going to go with it and see what happens. And at the end, I'm like, let's do this more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also learned many different practices in the class, like conscious menstruation, mantras, breath work, yoga poses, all these different amazing things that I just feel like I've been still using even after the class has ended and they come almost natural. So whenever I need one, I kind of pull it out of my toolbox. I love it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) One of the coolest things of the class was I had an amazing experience where we did a, a tantric breathwork practice and I was able to access an, an altered state of reality by just grounding and breathing, which I didn't think was even possible. Mm. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. One of the best things I connected to my womb. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we did different practices in the course and I was able to really ground into my womb and connect with her. And she speaks to me now. She actually tells me what she wants and what she needs. And she's such an important part of my body that I was always ignoring. So I'm so glad that I was able to connect with her. Yeah. The attunement, it clicked. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I learned so much about my yoni. I didn't believe that I didn't know all female anatomy. When I walked into the class, I remember one of the first classes you had was a review of the, the female anatomy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how did I not know these things existed? <laughs> There's so much that was not in textbooks and not even yeah. in medical textbooks. Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad that you introduced us to that, those things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And especially when it comes to sex education, the education we get, first of all, gynecology is so far behind all the rest of the medical field. It's really it's shocking to figure that out. And then when it comes to sex education, we get fear based instead of somatic based somatic of the body. Instead, we get told like this is, um, you know, we get STDs if we have sex, you can get pregnant if you have sex, use a condom if you do, um, but you might still get AIDS um, abortions are bad, you know, whatever we learned in school. Right. And then actually diving into the anatomy of the pleasure parts of the genitals and the reproductive areas. It's, it's a whole different, whole different experience. Somatic sex education. It's
1: critical. Is that what somatic is?
2: Yeah. So somatic means of the body. Soma means body. So somatic sex education is is embodied sex education and it's pleasure based, not fear based. So it's like, how do we turn the organs on? And it's also trauma informed, right? So if we have the trauma there, then we're shut down. Um, Our nervous system isn't going to be wired the same way. It will be wired, but it's not going to shoot off like the neurons and such. So somatic sex education brings even the nervous system into the genitals and just bringing all this awareness around pleasure and trauma informed sex education education instead of fear.
1: (laughs) It's so interesting that it's a different type of education that we're actually teaching. Like to me, what you just said should be normal. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is normal and it's just another, um, you know, I, I'll say for your viewers, I don't like to use the word patriarchy because I don't think that's um, I don't think that's really clear as to what the actual issue is, but I'll say our systems without calling it a patriarchy are really distorted and one of the ways they distort our personal power is by distorting our sex education because sexuality is our deepest power. Our sexuality is our power. So if they can control that through fear, then they have us all under
1: control. Mm. Yep. I That's digress. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this episode's about. <laughs> yeah. We can go for an hour about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, learned so much about the oni. learned that there's pleasure surrounding it. And I learned how to open up to, to feminine pleasure. Amazing. I also discovered that sensuality and sexuality are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think in our society, they're kind of hand in hand. Like, oh, she's so sensual, basically means she's sexual. But they're so different. Sensuality, just like really grounding into your senses. And I've been using that a lot. And when we're central, we feel what our bodies want. So we kind of guide that way. And that's kind of where I've been going with my life now. Love it. Yeah.
2: And that's, I mean, that is the way of the feminine path, right? It's to be open, to be sensual, to be connected to the environment, receive the environment through our senses, and to be turned on by life. And there's nothing that can break a woman who is empowered in her pleasure, right? So it's like the more we are embodied in our pleasure and turned on by our senses. And like you said, like release that judgment around pain and actually just be with what the sense is and deepen into sensuality. The more alive we are, like the more beneficial we are, not just for ourselves, but for for everyone around us, we radiate
1: pleasure, we radiate vitality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned in the class too was when we're not grounded in our senses, we end up acting, Mm. like doing something that we saw in movies or maybe our parents did or something like that. And I've noticed that a lot in my life that I kind of go on this if I don't know what I'm actually doing, if I'm not embodied in my senses, then I act mm-hmm. with my mm-hmm. mind.
2: Yeah, it's all performance at that point. And I mean, that's just the mind and it's almost like an autopilot, right? Like, cause mm-hmm. we have the programs installed. And again, with sex education, like we actually learn about sex, like intercourse through porn. <laughs> like that is our sex education. Typically it's not through people sitting down and teaching us like, Um, you know, the anatomy of intercourse in a pleasure-based way. It's like we watch porn and have this projected, distorted view of what pleasure should look like. So in this extreme sense, it's like when we dissociate from our body through sex, which most of us are programmed to do because we're not empowered or aligned or attuned to our bodies, we start acting in that performance way. And that's just the extreme. But like you said, like, It ripples out in other parts of our lives when we're disconnected from our senses and we're not fully present. We will start, and it's, you know, it's interesting too, because it's also the art of like embodying archetypes. And it's almost like we can get possessed by an archetype and start playing that out. And depending on where your beliefs are spiritually about like, you know, other, like the faE realm, right? Like things can come in and inspire us to perform or act in a certain way that may not be our sovereign way of engaging with the world. If we were fully embodied and to be embodied is to be attuned to the senses. So yeah, I love that. That awareness is so key. It's like, cause we can be observing ourselves in that position. Like we can still be in that act or that performance and we can be aware that it's happening and be like, oh shit, like this is actually going
1: on right now and catch ourselves and then come back into the body.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or even when it's over, look back and say, oh, did I even experience that? <laughs> right. <laughs> it, right. Right. Like what is experience except for deeply sensing everything? Yep. We have these gifts to be able to sense everything, but we usually don't use them. Yep. Yeah. Um, number 10. This is a massive one for me. Are you ready, Nikki? Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> Miss- excited. Mystery is okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we can talk about that with all parties on this call.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. That was my biggest takeaway from mine is being initiated into the mystery.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Daniela, we're, we were always very similar about that as we needed to know. We would call each other and be like, what do you get on this? What's going on? And I mean, we could still do that, but the unknowing or the the fact that we won't know our future or can't should feel okay. I'm still a little bit uncomfortable with certain situations, but I've been kind of going that way where if I don't know something, it's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I think for me, it's more less about knowing the future more just about trusting. What do you mean? Like, I don't necessarily care about knowing the future but I just like had trust issues with trusting what I would know about certain things like meaning like I didn't even necessarily tap into anything it just like if I received a piece of guidance or knew something about myself or about something that maybe hasn't manifested yet or whatever like I would, I just, can't. it's like living in the present moment and aligning to the trust of like everything will unfold in due time. So it's more for me about trusting like myself and trusting that I'm always, I'm always right. It doesn't mean I have to know the future. It just means that I can trust myself. And if things change, it changes on my highest good. Got
1: it. So really trusting the path that you're
0: on and who you are. Yeah, I'm just allowing things to unfold naturally and being in the mm-hmm. present moment. Yeah,
1: that sounds lovely. Yeah. And my last takeaway is that I learned that pleasure is actually a good thing. It is only when we embody pleasure that we can truly become sovereign. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to say with all of that, I am deeply deeply grateful for the activation, for the knowledge, for your masters and teachers that brought you to this point. Um, I truly see your light and I'm so happy that you were able to share it with both of us.
2: This was like, it was such a divine connection. I mean, even, you know, the timing, right? Because you were like the last person to join in the class, like two days before the class started, because we recorded the part podcast two days before. And then and Daniela being like i don't think it's the class it's the one-on-one i want to go into that deep intimate space so it was just like this amazing soul connection that the three of us combined and and it's been such an honor and like deep privilege thank both of you for trusting me and letting me guide you on this chapter it's like this is my deepest honor you know this path of service and I've seen so much transformation with both of you it's it's so beautiful and that mystery right because it is all about we have our intentions when we set on these paths I I make everyone come to my programs have an intention be clear on what it is and be open to you know it not looking the way we think the ego thinks it's going to look and having that trust in the mystery and it's it's humbling you know and it will kick yeah. your ass like the divine mother uh, does not want the ego to be right because she wants to keep you in awe in the journey. You know, she wants to keep you enchanted and mesmerized. And the more we can flow with that, the more expansive it is, the le- least resistance we have, the better. And it does come down. It's the element of being comfortable in the mystery, even though it's deeply uncomfortable. It's profoundly uncomfortable. But to be human is to get uncomfortable, right? Like growth is uncomfortable. Right and then it's it's the element of trusting in it and it's like if we can have that trust and just let go and surrender then we can feel the depths of whatever the uncomfortable is feel the grief feel the pain because we trust that it's going to awaken us heartbreak is the is the greatest initiator we have on this planet and it's the deepest mystery like we end we end a relationship or we move home or a parent dies god forbid an animal dies like whatever that heartbreak is like when we lose we are broken open to grow and it is one of the hardest, hardest things that we have to do, but that's, that's the mystery initiating us. That's the darkness taking us in, taking us into these, um, caverns of the heart that we couldn't otherwise access in our light and consciousness and the light and the consciousness is that masculine and that shadow, that darkness, the womb, the void is the feminine, but so is the light. So it's that play and that balance between both worlds. and, um. Yeah, exactly. Watching both of you dive deeper into the mystery and trusting in, in the darkness and the unknown. Like that's that's the initiation, you know, queens of the underworld, right? Like that's that's what this is and queens of heaven. That's the next next step.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's really beautiful. I mean, for me, it was less about um, the initiation of, of the womb and learning all about that, but more about healing the heart. Um, and allowing my heart to break open a few times more to get more light into it and release kind of the the grip, I would say, on the past. That's been my greatest success on this path with you. Yeah. You know, I think everything else for me is more of a practice and an integration of something that was already there, which has had to be deepened. Mm-hmm. But the biggest gift is freeing of the heart. Because that's been a long journey and process for me. And kind of unraveling the things that kept the heart stuck. You now, in, in another way that maybe I didn't try before or have the tools to do before. So that's been my success and story. Um, on this journey and i feel really grateful because i feel like i'm finally free and and my physical timelines what i want to say about is that my physical timelines aligned to the work with you mm-hmm. meaning that things unfolded in my physical life that were a physical representation of the work that i had to do at this time for a reason because it was time and things the universe knew things were going to open up and shed light on things that we're gonna rip the heart open again. But knowing that I had just done an initiation to actually get rid of that energy. So it was a closing of a chapter for me completely, in many ways, of the last like, seven, eight years, like, I don't even know how long, you know, so, um, for me, I feel completely free from the past, like, obviously, I'm going to have scars. I have deep scars, actually, because I've been, I'm so ancient that it's never going to be perfect, but that's the the point of being a human being. So we don't have to be perfect. And that's the point of having the mystery is like being okay with being uncomfortable. And if something comes up, you dive right into it and you surrender to it. And that, that I've always known and been fine with doing. And I'm, comfortable being uncomfortable but I think for me when it comes to matters of the heart it's hard for me to let go because I do love so deeply and have a lot of old scars around loss so I tend to repeat the story of the loss and that's what keeps my heart in the cycle that it doesn't want to be in. So I think with my journey, it's been about rewriting the stories so that it's not focused on the pain, but rather the gift.
2: So beautifully said.
0: I love this. And I want
2: to echo too, because I think You know what you said and and the way you worded it was like the perfect definition of a mystery school, because when we sign up for these journeys or the way I do my programs is like I have a contract with the universe that when people come into my containers, the universe will conspire to work with them and give them the events. Now, this is why I'm very particular about who I work with, especially one on one. Because I I desire the client, the soulmate client that's ready to make these quantum leaps, that's ready to really be confronted with these challenges and have that trust, not just in me, but in the container and in themselves, that they can handle it, they can go through it, and they're ready to alchemize it and come out reborn and turn iron Mm -hmm. into gold, et cetera, et cetera. And as you said, it's like we entered this container and life handed you those experiences that aligned with your intentions to have you forged through the path of initiation. And the same thing with the women in our group too, like every woman's initiation looks different and that's the magic of it. And and the group is so special because we have people coming with all their stories and we get to see all the different facets of what the individual journey looks like, because they're all so different. They're all so unique. And with that, I can say, you know, there's really in my life and with the women that I work with or people with uteruses or femme identified, it's, you know, typically it's both are, are one, but typically both, it's, it's the heart wounds and the womb wounds. And these are the places we learn to numb and disconnect around. We're either numbed out sexually or numbed out around love or have just all of this armor on our heart and our genitals. And literally like a practice that we do in the group is dearmoring or genital mapping and um, taking out that the tension in the fascia and working on releasing the armor around our genitals to open ourselves up to our sexual power. And it's the work we've been doing with the heart. It's like, let's dearmor the heart and find that softness and opening up and trust that we don't need to be protective, that we can move into security instead of protection and, it's mm-hmm. that finesse and there's um there's a lot of nuances i use like i talked about on your last podcast with masculine feminine but to be in the masculine is to be protective, right? It's to be defensive or offensive, but we can rest and like truly settle back in our security and be open to receive whatever it is. Cause we trust in the mother, we trust in the feminine, we trust in the universe and we'll allow life to move through us with minimal resistance. And yeah, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna break our hearts. We're gonna face grief. Like that's what it is to be human is to face grief. And there's a way to move through it with grace and with passion and to keep our hearts open. And it's hard. It's hard when we're taught to brace ourselves and to put up the armor, but to actually soften and allow ourselves to feel vulnerable, to express, you know, without being verbal, that vulnerability and to stay open and receptive through the heart, to stay open sexually to our pleasure. Because, again, it's been unsafe to be in our pleasure. Um, If we're seen in our pleasure, someone's going to want to take it they're going to want to knock us down. You know, that's, that's our culture. So these two aspects of the heart center and the sexual center and working on de-armoring them, it's, you know, it's what I've done with both of you. This is the work that we've been working on, on these two different polarities and like, it's, we need to bring them both in together. And we do like we did in the program, we had a section on the heart because I talk about how important it is like to work with our breasts and our heart center to link up our sexual energy to our heart. Um, And, you know, some, Some people like myself, like I've been someone who walks a path as my, one of my teachers would call it a grief eater path. Like I've been exposed to a lot of death in my life, a lot, like way higher than average starting at a way young age. So it's been, it's just been normalized and a part of me, it numbed out. And then a part of me became not resilient, but normalized, right? So finding that sacredness, there's a beautiful book called, um, the smell of rain on dust. I forget the author right now. But it talks about the dance between grief and praise and how it's the same, right? So it's like when we move through grief, what we're actually doing is praising life. So instead of looking at grief as something like we don't want to face, we don't want to confront and protecting our heart and pushing it away, pushing it down, which creates disease. Like that's going to create physical illness when we do that and numbness and we're going to lose connection with other people, um, animals, life, trees, whatever it is. Instead of looking at grief as something we need to be avoiding, we look at it as a celebration, like we are alive, we're here feeling our life and there was a loss, but that was a loss to celebrate, celebrate the life that was, whether it's a relationship, a home or an actual physical death, whatever it is, it's bringing in that praise of the journey of what was, as opposed to looking at grief as this painful, you know, torture, much like menstruation, right? It's like this curse that we have, but it's, it's not, it's a gift. It's truly
1: a gift to open. Mm. The way you talk, Nikki, I always get so mesmerized because you're so eloquent. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, yeah, total Gemini in all the ways.
2: <laughs> Talking is my forte.
1: I love it. So mm-hmm. what's next for you? Are you going to do another class? What are you doing? Oh my God. Okay.
2: Did you get my email that I sent right before we jumped on? Did you see it? Okay. Yes, I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have new projects. Um, all right. So right now, every everything in my life is completely upside down. I have a lot of personal changes as that aligned with um, I chose to do a, a business initiation. So I'm getting initiated and things that don't fit into this new life are being released. And that's part of it. Um, and there's a lot going on in my life right now. So that being said, the projects I have lined up, so what is definitely going to be coming up and forward. So I will be doing a second sacred feminine embodiment activation course. And thanks to all the feedback of the amazing women that participated in the first round, there will be some adjustments and the biggest learning curve for me, the biggest was the, um, the modest time commitment that I set for 75 minutes (laughs) for the sessions and within um, I'd say within the the day before the class actually started, I decided that, okay, there's no way it can be 75 minutes. It's going to be 90 minutes. And then after the first class, I just asked everyone if it was okay to commit to two hours. So Going forward, this class will be advertised as a two-hour class, and um, we didn't record any of the sessions in the last one because people wanted to remain um, private, which I understand. So I'm going to reformat it so there will be time for people to share, and then I'm going to record my lectures so that that will be up on a Kajabi portal. So Kajabi is my new best friend, and one of the most amazing, exciting offerings that I've, I've ever come up with to create and birth into this world is a monthly membership so, in this monthly membership, there is going to be a community of women. It's called the Sacred Feminine Embodied Collective, and it's super accessible, right? Like my my programs, um, you know, like the Sacred Feminine Embodiment Activation is going to be around like twelve hundred, and then our one on one work is, you know, it's more expensive because we're doing more intimate work one on one. So, this this membership is going to be super accessible for people. It's going to be fifty five dollars a month, and you're going to get so much out of it. So we're going to do two live sessions a month coming together. And these are hour-long sessions and I'm committed. It will actually be an hour. (laughs) It'll be 60 minutes. We will not go over. Um, So one of the sessions is going to be an embodiment practice. Um, So it's going to be an hour focused on an actual um, practice embodiment activity. The second live session in the month will be either a workshop, a masterclass, or a Q&A. So both of these sessions will be recorded and they'll be put on the portal. So people don't actually have to make it live. Every month is going to have a theme. So um, I guess I can announce the first theme is going to be grief for September. So this project is being launched in September. So signups are going to begin. um, The activations will open applications, activations in August. I think the first week of August. So come September, we're open up and the theme is going to be grief. So with that, there's going to be um, journal prompts and there's going to be a ritual and ceremony that everyone is is given handouts on to work with. And in the portal, we'll have the two sessions that are going to be centered around grief. So in the membership, you get the journaling prompts, you get the ritual, you get the embodiment practice, you get the Q&A workshop or masterclass. On top of that, we'll have our Facebook community, which is amazing. So then everyone has connection. We can interact, the community can stay buzzing. There's guidelines, of course. and also this is this is kind of a new, it's an experimental project. I'm gonna be offering virtual councils. So councils are when we gather in collective and people just speak what's on their heart. So there's no necessarily, like, there's a timekeeper of course, but everyone is equal participant. And um, depending on how many people are there, uh, there's gonna have to be a way for either everyone to get a share or people that need to share that day will voice that and they'll be prioritized. So some of these councils are going to be just for women and some of them are going to be for all genders. So one of the very special elements that I'm going to be bringing in is an all-gendered sacred sexuality council. So bringing men into these conversations that I've been having with women around sexuality, around sex education, all the juicy stuff, Um, but also doing a council like around grief or whatever's coming up. So the councils won't be every month. They'll be probably closer to every six weeks. And members, as of right now, as of right now, the idea members will have access to these councils and other people will pay to get into the councils. So there's a ton of member benefits. Um, I love this because one, it's accessible, it's super financially accessible for people. Two, it's building community, which is what I'm what's most alive in me right now. And three, it's a way to stay connected with all of these people I worked with for an ongoing duration without like the end of a container. And this is also like we were saying, Daniela, this is a mystery school. So this whole embodiment collective is a mystery school. So So as these themes roll out, the people that are in the membership are going to have those lived experiences that help deepen the embodiment. It's also an activation and keeps Mm -hmm. us deeper on this mysterious path. So that's my big baby being born. Um, That's what I'm most excited about, excited to talk about, and also I think the next launch of the Sacred Feminine Embodiment Activation will be end of September or October. So definitely after this is launched. And that information will be on my website, NikkiAnanda.com. So if listeners are interested, they can jump in after that amazing testimonial. Danielle, thank you
0: so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I can't speak highly enough of the class. If anyone's interested in doing it, um, reach out to me, ask me some questions, or go to NikkiAnanda.com.
0: Yeah.
1: And Nikki, I'm so excited you're bringing um, men into it because yep. I always thought that would be such a good idea. All I'm learning about the female body is amazing because I have the female body. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we live with other people on this planet and they need to know that too. It's just yep. such a beautiful thing that you're opening um, those mm-hmm. doors up. Yeah. And I think
2: super important too is equal voices, right? Like, we need to give men back their voices in these times, is where like, feminine empowerment is like, okay, well let's hear what the men have to say too. Like where have you experienced sexual trauma? And where have you experienced, if you're heterosexual, you're a woman with sexual trauma and how can we better resource you? You know, it's like Mm -hmm. having all of that dialogue, it's going to be, you know, councils are cauldrons. So that's going to be a magical cauldron getting in all the genders together to talk about all the sexual things. Yeah.
1: hundred percent. That's going to be a bucket of learning. They're so things. good. Yeah, yeah. Seriously.
2: <laughs> the councils awesome. might be more than an hour.
1: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Nikki, in <and> your time, <laughs> I know. Now, ironically, I, I I swear I was always five minutes early for everything and prompt on time. I was always the timekeeper at events. And then the past few years, it was part of my initiation to let go.
1: You know, that's the same thing for me. Yep, I time is a construct. It was created by humans. It's not what, like the flow is, you know. Yep. Mm-mm.
2: And it's good. I mean, I love it. I honor it. That masculine, that divine masculine, that illusion of the tick, 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 tick. It's still the order is good. We need order and
1: chaos and flow. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. It was so great to see you. Thank you for having me back, thank you, sisters. Oh, I love you both so much. <laughs> And thank you, Rosies. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Love, Rosies. Bye. Love you, Rosies.